This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Mr. Damer. Larry, how are we feeling tonight? So let me just say this to you, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Okay? I am all I need from my baseball team, from my bullpen, is to give me outs. When you have a lead, Gordon, you don't walk people. You hit, you throw the ball down the plate, and you let them hit the ball to a to a batter. Not long flies, not others, not, not not deep, not hits, stuff like that. You know, simple stuff. I all I need for my bullpen, Gordon, is to not stress me out. Did you hear Don LeGrecker earlier today? I have not. No. He was stressed about last night. I'll share that with you. As far as the Yankees, here's and I'll speak for you. Here's all I know about the Yankees. I'm watching the games tonight. I'm going from I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. Little Rangers, Lions, mm-hmm. Little Devils, Mets, Yankees. Every time I turn to the Yankees, Cole is striking somebody out. <laughs> I didn't see any offense from the Yankees tonight. Every time I turn around, Kay's like, he struck him out. What? 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 Yeah. Maybe you fell into the wormhole. It was just the same guy striking out over and over again. Imagine being the Orioles. Uh, they must have felt. They probably felt the same way. Every time they looked up, somebody else was striking out against Garrett Cole. Yeah, sharp performance tonight. A little offense, a little defense from Jay Bruce at first base. Mm-hmm. And a nice little easy win. And, and, and at least for game two of the season, it seems as if the Mets have found a bullpen that's worse than theirs. At least tonight it was. Yeah, tonight. tonight this is... And listen, the Phillies have really pitched well. You look at their ERA, the starters in the bullpen going into tonight have not pitched badly. That's why they have the record they do. But uh, tonight they've struggled a little bit. And and (laughs) listen, listen, Gordon, I don't want to be that guy to jump on the manager (laughs) the second game of the season. No. I don't want to be that guy. Mm. But I'm just saying, Gordon, hear me out for a second. J.C. Davis obviously is hit by the pitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, he gets hit. I know it, it hit him so hard it sounded like it hit the bat. But he got hit. He gets taken out of the game. Can't you just double check to see if he got hit? Can, can we get the replay to double check to see if the ball hit him before it hit the bat in any case? Okay, so they didn't do that. Does that come back to haunt him? No. Now, Gordon, you're up 6-1 at the point. Mm -hmm. Now you're up 6-2. You've got people in your bullpen you haven't seen yet. Patances, Familia, okay? Gordon, bring them in. Bring in one of them. Give them a little bit of a run here to give with a nice big lead. Let's get them off to a halfway decent start to the season and uh, not go to the main guys that you might need tomorrow. Why did you bring May back? Why would you bring Trevor May back? Because here's what I know, Gordon. Tomorrow you're starting a lefty. They're going to load the lineup with righties. Mm-hmm. Okay? Castro and May pitch tonight. All right? They're not pitching tomorrow. They pitch two straight days. That's two righties now that's eliminated from your bullpen. So now you're going to tell me you're going to go with Familia tomorrow and Patances and they- Gordon. What are you doing? Uh, it's not been a great start to the season for uh, for Rojas, but uh, at least it was not he was not Joe Girardi tonight because <laughs> I don't know what Joe was doing. I mean, did Joe go out for a coffee or something? I mean, was the binder in the other room? You have he Vince did. Velasquez walk one batter. Yes. Okay, 
you know, that happens, right? You, you mm-hmm. want to get some bulk out of him, as they were saying on the broadcast, right? He, they, you were hoping he were going to get three out of him. All right, fine. Yeah. Then he walks the next batter. <laughs> then he walks it. I mean, at what point? He didn't even have anybody warming up. He had walked no. the bases loaded. They didn't have anybody warming up in the bullpen yet. I know. I know. Then he walked a run in, and it was finally like, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe he doesn't have it tonight. <laughs> the Mets and scored get- four runs on one hit. And I get how dominant he was in the previous inning because he looked great in that in the yeah, previous well, inning. Off-speed stuff, Mets mm-hmm. swinging and missing. He looked fabulous. But listen, uh, Joe's and, – and Gordon, that's not the Joe Girardi I remember covering with the Yankees. No, he had a quicker <laughs> hook. Now, look, he's not got a great bullpen there either. But if, if the guy who's on the mound is walking the ballpark, <laughs> something else has to be a better option at that point. Like, exactly. Uh, unless he felt, well, you know, with the Met bullpen, I got a shot. <laughs> right. Well, you know, once it gets to, you know, once it gets to 5-2 or 5-1, 6-1, I think it was, at that point, it's over. You know, you, you, you're, you're done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So uh, the Mets are still uh, rolling on here. They're batting in the top of the ninth with a runner on the two out. They still have the 6-2 lead. But, Gordon, uh, let's talk a little bit about your Yankees. We'll hear from them a little bit later in the show. But uh, I see uh, Aaron Judge went yard again. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanton had another hard base hit, so that was nice to see. So, uh, yeah, the offense is starting. To, look, we said it the other night, right? Like, the only stats you have to worry about with Judge and Stanton is games played. Mm-hmm. If those guys play, they're going to put up numbers. And, you know, there is one kind of fallacy that you hear anytime, and it happened already this year. I've seen it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. that whenever the Yankees go into a little bit of a slump, the, the term that gets used is, well, you know what? This lineup is fundamentally flawed. Mm-hmm. I think you have a fundamental misunderstanding of what fundamentally flawed means. Because the <laughs> last time, anybody who's using that term, and I get it, you get frustrated when the team doesn't score runs. I get frustrated too. But this offense is the, is the strength of the team. And the last time we played a full baseball season, the team with the fundamentally flawed lineup, according to you, led the sport in runs scored that year. Now, I get it as well. People will say, yeah, but those home runs, they dry up in the postseason when you're going up. It hasn't worked for the Yankees. And it hasn't worked for the Yankees. You know who hasn't worked for? All the teams that are winning the World Series. They're hitting home runs in the postseason, and that's how they're primarily scoring runs. So it's good that the Yankees have finally scored a couple of runs. So uh, that people can kind of go back to just enjoying the game and not thinking too much and, and overthinking things to a ridiculous degree. Because this offense, if the Yankees don't score runs for some bizarre reason that this year their offense stinks, well, you know what? They're doomed. They're, they're doomed to yeah. fail because there's no way they can recover from that because that is the strength of the team and it is going to be the strength of the team. By the way, Pete Alonso just added a two-run home run. So the, the Mets are now up 8-2. So, once again, the Phillies bullpen. Bring in Diaz. Now's the time. Uh, I think he is warming. (laughs) (laughs) Which means in about a half hour, it'll be (laughs) 8-7. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if they lost another game like they did last night? It's game two of the season. I know. But. Yeah, you can't you can't have games like that too early no, on. No, no, People, no, no. oof, you know, you you need a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of filler first before you have losses like that. You know, when it's the only thing you have to go on, mm-hmm. it stings even more. Now, Gordon, this is what happened at a little after two this afternoon. Okay. On the Michael K show. And you know, Don is a very passionate 
Mets fan, passionate. Here's what he thought about last night. How do you explain to a 12-year-old why Jacob DeGrom's coming out of the game after 77 pitches? 77! And don't lie to me after the game. Well, we uh, he hadn't pitched in 10 days. You, it was during the game they said he's good for 90 to 100, and he doesn't come out for the seventh inning? Well, what, what's going on here? I want to enjoy the sport. I never saw a sport shoot itself in the foot. I don't enjoy it because of the decisions they make. I'm sorry. It's game one. I'm not thinking about a championship. I'm not thinking about this deep into the summer. I'm thinking about enjoying myself with tons of competition. I got Knicks Nets. I got the national championship game. I got the Yankees playing. I got an overtime hockey game that I could watch. But I'm watching the Mets because that's my team and I'm enjoying Jacob DeGrom pitch and he took him away from me. For what? We're preparing for the World Series? Can we get out of April? Can we win a game? Passionate. I don't think Don's going to make it to June. (laughs) I think he's going to have some problems. I love him. I'm I'm worried about him. And listen, on the surface, I get it. And it led to an interesting discussion by the guys, you know, Michael, Don, and Peter, 2 Mm -hmm. to 630 here, Monday through Friday on 98.7 ESPN about the issues that baseball has, right, with now, and I think Michael made an interesting point in comparing it to in, 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 in basketball, you always know where your superstar is going to be, right? If, if, the, if the game's on the line, LeBron James is going to have the ball, okay? He's going to be the guy. The ball's going to be in his hands. He's going to shoot it. He's going to pass it. But he's, he's the star. He's going to be the guy that's going to make the big thing. The big moments in deciding situations now because of sabermetrics and the elevation and money, and we don't want to tax our starters and how the game is played now, it is you don't see your ace maybe in the postseason, but for the most part in the regular season, Gordon, you don't see your ace in a key moment at the end of the game battling uh, Mike Trout, top of the ninth inning, (laughs) right, game on the line. You want to see, oh, this is going to be great. DeGrom against Trout. You don't see those moments. And for Don, when you're looking at this and you're thinking, okay, 77 pitches, honestly, I think the bullpen's in the back of his mind because it was in the back of my mind as well. How do you pull DeGrom out in that situation? And that was his passion. That was his thought process. And look, I get that. It's frustrating when you lose a game like that. Uh, I do think that it is game one of the season, so uh, I do think that you could have went a little bit longer, maybe an extra inning. Uh, with DeGrom, but at the end of the day, you were still going to be getting into the bullpen at some point. So you probably were going to, I mean, the days of guys throwing complete games, that's over. You know, the the Pony Express had a great run, but (laughs) at some point it ended. And I think that that's the same thing for, now it does kind of get me crazy with with some of the rest things and and, uh, the idea, you know, for, for, for all the things that we have done about, being careful about pitchers, being careful with position players, making sure that uh, Giancarlo Stanton doesn't play five days in a row when the guy's at DH. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're arresting him already. The guys don't get hurt any less. Right. Right. Don't. We have just as many injuries with pitchers now as we've ever had before. So it does kind of frustrate me. Well, look, it would be one thing if you were doing all these things and these guys were staying healthier than they've been before. Yeah. But that's not the case. No, they're still getting Tommy John. I mean, <laughs> at, at, at the drop of a hat, right? I mean, the, yeah. the guys that get hurt, I mean, I, I'm sure that there were guys that got hurt back in the day as well. But, I mean, have you seen, like, superstar players 
get hurt as much as they do now, it seems like, and miss significant periods of time? I'm sure that there probably is. Maybe it's just my, my memory is faulty and I'm a cranky old man, but it just drives me nuts that you, you know, they're doing all these things to keep the, well, we don't want him to be on his feet five. Be on <laughs> his feet? What the hell are we talking about? That one drove, I mean, the, the Stanton, and, and it's this rule that you know, right? Like, now we know Stanton's not going to play five days in a row. So there's part of me that's like, okay, at least we know that now, so that when he's out of the lineup, but what are you, what are you basing that on? Yeah, and see, that's the crazy thing, because as you, as you mentioned, Gordon, it's decided, like, already. Yeah. So he could be, he could be hit, he could have hit 10 home runs in four games, he's not going to play the fifth, the fifth game anyway. This is not happening. I don't care. I don't care what he's done. He's not playing in that game. And that just goes against, Gordon, everything baseball was founded about. You always, sports, period. You always go to the hot guy. I mean, why would I not keep my hot guy in the lineup until he cools off? I got plenty of time to rest him when he's not hitting. I don't need to rest him when he's hot. Yeah, and I'm sure that they have numbers, and I'm sure they have studies. And look, I'm someone who likes the analytics slant of baseball. I like looking at stat, which stats really matter and which stats don't matter. I like exit velocity because it tells me how hard the guy's hitting the ball. That's important. I want to know how hard the guy hits the ball. I like OPS and OPS plus and all these different things. But some of it just makes it's just gobbledygook. It doesn't make any sense in the world. You show me a stat that shows you that John Carlos Stanton, if he plays six days in a row, there's going to be a drop off in production. Show me that stat. What, what, you got the sleep number bed at home and you can tell that he's not sleeping as well and we don't want him to be on his feet too much. I mean, how he, this is a man who has muscles on top of, he hit a ball last night, essentially 500 feet. Yeah. He's in the prime of his life. And you're telling me he can't play. You don't, I don't want to push him. I don't want to push him this early. Yeah. And listen, I get that because of the injury concerns that he's had, you're a little, you know, you, you want to be smart with him. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I get it, Gordon. I do. But come on. It, but it's have early. The, but have any of those injuries that he's had in the past manifested because he's been tired or he's he you know, he hasn't gotten the proper rest or he's played too many? No. They're, they're not injuries of him being like ground. You know, it would be one thing if he played, you know, three weeks in a row. You know, he needs a blow. You know, the Yankees on a long road trip or something. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Okay, fine. The fifth game of the year? Yeah. Um, and they do this with other guys, too. I mean, they I do it with Judge. They do it with right. LeMayhew must want to just <laughs> pull his hair out because, you know, he doesn't want to come out of the lineup. Ever. But, yeah. Ever. And it just seems like that is the way things are going. So it's not just pitchers anymore. No. It's the hitters, too. Now it's kind of infiltrating them as well. Gordon, Jairus for me is in. Infield hit, double, error, 8-3, run on third, nobody out. I, I was going to ask you this, Steve. I was thinking during the – this is before the game started. I tell you, Larry, oh. the aliens have come down from, uh, from outer space. And for some reason, they are going to decide whether you get to live or die by a contest in which you have to get a, an out from the Mets bullpen. Who are you going to? Who is the guy you trust the most out of the Mets bullpen to get you an out? Your life is on the line. 
I'm dead because he's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Can I put off the execution until uh, May, late May? The only thing, I, you know what I'd have to do? I'd, I'd have to hope it was a throw day and I could bring DeGrom in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to That's me. That's what that, I would do. I mean, at this point, Trevor May might not make May in the circle no. of trust if he keeps this up. No. I know it's only two games. You don't want to get too down on him. He did have a very good year last year, but mm-hmm. uh, that is not uh, – that's not often running so far. No, and like I said, listen, I, I get the thought process in theory. Let's bring him right back out there. Get his confidence going. I get the thought process that way. But the other side of it is, give him the night off. You're gonna need, and it's an afternoon game. You're gonna need him tomorrow afternoon. What what happens if you need him to come in to get one batter? You can't use him. Yeah. Because you used him two days in a row. Same thing with Castro. You used him two days in a row. You're not gonna be able to get it done. I mean, you know, and for me, it's here just like I. But you know what? This is this game is going to be uh, a synopsis of what the Mets season is. They have to out hit their bullpen. They have to outscore their bullpen. And right now, you just hold on. You, you have eight runs. All if they could, they've got a, a four run cushion, Gordon. All, if we right. win eight seven, I'm right. good. Yeah, I'll they tell got you a this. Four run cushion. If, if they if they get to if this game gets to extra innings or something oh. crazy like that. Rojas may as well not even just walk right past the zoom and just keep on going. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you at that point. I, I think they'll be all right tonight. I know it's eight, three right now. I'm kind of looking over my shoulder here, but uh, yeah. they, I mean, you got to be able to pick up a couple out. You know, this is not Vince Velasquez walking the ballpark <laughs> and walking in runs. And Joe finally, Hey, you know what, mate? I don't know. We'll go to somebody else here. I, and even then he was like, I mean, he was even caught then. Like he had already walked in a run. He's like, Oh, all right, you go talk to him for a little bit, and then yeah. the, the umpire will break it up, and then he, you go back, and then I'll come out, and we'll, and hopefully the guy will have enough time to get warmed up. And then I'll talk to him for a while. Yeah. And then he'll come into the bullpen, and then when he comes <laughs> exactly. in from the bullpen, I'll talk to him for a few more minutes, right. and then he'll warm, then he'll you know throw and get some warm up pitches in. Oh my God. Gordon, why is there just one out there runners on first and third in this game and the bottom of the ninth? What is going on? This is not exactly good morning, good afternoon, and good night for a ninth oh. inning here. In a, in a game that is, I mean, at this point, eight, what was it, 8-2, it should be. Oh, it's 8-3 now. Now it's 8-3, yes. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's throwing 17 pitches. Yeah. And still got some outs to get. Oh. Yeah, he does. Let's go to the phones. Maybe they'll make me feel better. It can't make you feel worse, right? (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Let's head to St. Pete. That's where Spike's hanging out these days. He starts us off on ESPN New York tonight. Good uh, evening, my friends. I don't know if it's a good evening or a bad evening. Gordon, I don't know if you know this, but Larry and I are both uh, went to City College. We're we're Beavers. And my best friend in the world was the MVP of the freshman team in the early 60s. And I spent the, the, the day... He's the biggest DeGrom fan in the world, and he's the biggest Knicks fan, bigger than me even. So I had to walk him off the ledge a couple of times after the Knicks game. I went over with you guys last night. I won't relive that. I went with messaging with Larry today. He knows how I feel about the yes. wrong play. Mm. So he tells me about DeGrom, and he tells me that the Mets have one guy to shortstop, but they pay $3 trillion for, you know, he's the only decent guy in the right position fielding. He says they got to hit their way out because they're bullpen stakes. I'm waiting for Armando Benitez to come in here. I'd, I'd take him. I would take Benitez uh, right now. Right now I would take him. 
that, that's that, that's how bad it is. This is being a Met fan. You, listen, the only thing that they do, guys, really, I know we love sports, and sometimes it escapes. Sometimes you try to figure out. You think you know it, and you don't. But it always repeats. The Yankees have the same Met. Maybe they haven't won a World Series, but they always win somehow. But watching the Grom last night after the Nick game, I taped it, whatever. I can't figure out. Uh, you could tell me anything in the, the, the week. Long. You can't tell me how they took him out of that game with that bullpen. And I feel for that kid. So being in the Hall of Fame with a 52-49 and 49 record, you know, it's just a shame we were comparing him to Seaver and all. But the sad part of being about a fan, all the teams are getting a little bit better incrementally, but they put us through hell. I hear it in your voice, Larry, with the Mets. Uh, Gordon had an easy one tonight because Cole looked like the money he was, he got paid was worth it. He really did. He looked bad. He's striking out everybody. It's just uh, it's torture sometimes to go through this, but it takes us away from the day-to-day thing. So I'll, I'll leave you with uh, with this, fellas. We got what we got. We should be grateful for what we have, and we have to put up with the good and the bad. But the Mets, again, it's it's just a pity. Because they have everyone playing out of position again. Yeah. They bring a guy in for defense. He makes an error. I know. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, and, and he said to me this. I'll throw it at you, Larry. You probably know better uh, than Gordon based upon your fa- being a fan. I said to him, well, that was the manager said the guy's on the bench. He said, that didn't come from the manager. I'd love to hear your answer. Maybe uh, uh, I could catch it. Did, did that come from the general manager to take the Grom out? Uh, it comes from Spike, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. It comes from, and Gordon, you can bear me out on oh, this. I mean, this is all. It's the analytic people. Yeah, no, it's the analytic all. folks. This is not the GM. This is not the manager. This is the end. And, and then, it, but I think it depends on teams. But for the most part, from what I'm understanding, and I'm not there all the time like I used to be, Gordon, but it was starting when I was still covering the teams. And it was this analytic thing. They all sit down and they give you the charts. And here's the thing. You used to joke about Joe, Joe, Joe Girardi, Joe. Yeah. Joe, Joey yep. Loose Leaf. Mm-hmm. You know, Wally Matthews had a ton <laughs> of different. Had a ton yes. of different. The original was Joey Loose Leafs, and then it became Binder Joe. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, a ton of it. Finally, they get the out. 8-4, they win. Uh, so, but but that's what it is now. They come to the in this situation. This is what you do in this situation. This is what you do before the game. He is not. Yeah, he might be available for for ninety as as Don was frustrated in his rant. But then again, Gordon, we, we get to tweak it some more. Well, was there was it a hard seventy? Did he have stressful innings? Because if he had stressful innings, Gordon, then we have to pull that number back. Because, yeah, it would have been 90, but he had stressful, maybe a couple of stressful innings. So we're going to change it. No, that all comes from the analytic people. Yeah, it's all about, I mean, I don't know if it's the same with the Mets, but with the Yankees, I know the the word that, that drives me nuts is uh, the one that Boone uses is, well, you know, we wanted to, we, we like certain guys in certain lanes. <laughs> we like, <laughs> all of a sudden it's uh, the Indy 500 now. We, we want to find this guy's lane, you know, this lane, that lane. I mean, I don't know. It, it just uh, and look, I'm open to it. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to listen, make an argument, and I can maybe I can take something in, and maybe I can buy it. But when you when you're scripting games out, and it has to be this thing and that thing, I mean, come on. I mean, what are we talking about? I'm done. I'm done with that. And this, what's this new thing? Ups. We're not doing innings oh, anymore. Oh God, Gordon? Oh, man, we're not I'm doing innings me. now, huh? George Carlin. <laughs> probably 30 years ago now, had a whole routine about how language, we use this language, and usually what ends up happening is we add words to just typical things that we've always known, 
but we have to make them sound more important. We have to make them sound like it's, uh, you know, this deep thought process that's, you know, now it's ups, right? It's not innings or batters or pitches. It's the ups. We don't want, when he gets up, we want to, you know, oh my God. I mean, what are we doing? Six ups. We, you know, he, yeah, he's he up got, and down six times. We, no, oh we can't do that. Oh, no, Long no, 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 innings and, you know, I can't wait for the, the WB Mason sponsored how long the pitcher's been sitting in the dugout, you know, because that's coming next. Oh, yeah, the WB Mason ups report. <laughs> oh, my God. One thing before I get back to the calls, Gordon, help me out. How, the, how, can, how can you promo code Gordon the Met game? How do you do it? How could you do oh, that? Oh, no, I've not bet the Mets you... so far this year. I have not. Uh, I've, I've stayed away them, from them. Although I am on the uh, I'm on the over this year. I usually don't like over-unders mm-hmm. because it's a bad bet. You're, you're betting right. something. You're waiting six months to find out if it does or not. I think the Mets over-under was 90. Hmm. So I feel like the, the Mets should be, you know, should be a good team this year. I mean, they have yes. not exactly uh, done anything so far this year to make me feel confident about that. Mm-hmm. But that was the one team that I was in on and over on this year was the Mets. I'm really surprised at Atlanta getting off to a winless start. They're a you know, very good that, team. Yeah, and look, it's it's only a week, right? What are they, 0-4 four, oh four now or 0-5? Oh 0-5. Oh oh I mean, that's not nothing. 0-5, oh that's going to take you a little while to dig out yeah. of that hole, especially in a division where you kind of think that at least four of the teams should be competitive. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. You know, sitting here, I, I was going to talk about the Odor trade, but – Sitting here, I'm getting madder and madder at what makes me crazy about baseball. I mean, I'm watching the Mets game, and I love to comment with, well, we can't go to Diaz because um, um, the time one's not on deck, so you, you can't bring a closer in and not in a safe situation. I want to ask you, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and in the Ten Commandments, did it say you can't bring a closer in a situation, a game situation, what's it to say? I'm sure I mean, not. That comment I hear time after time after time. It makes me crazy. That's number one. Number two, you know who's killing baseball? The commissioner of baseball and the suit. Oh. Let me explain to you why. What was the most exciting play in baseball? Was the play at the plate. Mm-hmm. They've basically eliminated the play at the plate. Well, we have to give you a lane so you can slide in. Can't block it. Got to give you a lane to slide. Why? Because Bruce Posey got hurt, and now the whole Boston. baseball world's got to rewrite the rules? Yeah, that, and and that was what it was from. It was from that one incident, and they completely overreacted to it. Bruce, you're absolutely right. And the play at second base, you know, just because in the playoffs when, um, who was it, Bryce Harper sliding late and injured uh, the Met, Met guy and Utley. Utley, uh, yeah, Gary Utley uh, slid in. Chase Utley. No, Chase Utley, I mean, right. That was one of the best plays in baseball is, you know, going to second base, knocking the guy. I mean, can you imagine telling Hal McRae you have to slide nicely into second base? Or how about Albert Bell? Have... Albert Bell didn't even slide that time with Fernando Vina. Remember that he play rolled. where he just ran him over? Well, but that actually, that actually was the play to make in, 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 in that situation. But how many times did you see Hal McRae Yep. Trying to break up the double play. How many times did you see Thurman Munson do, do sure. that? And, that, and, and, that was and then, the game. Okay, and then you have the suits, as Robert Blake used to say on Beretta. 
even though our theme song should have been nominated, but we won't get into that now. <laughs> Bruce is still holding a grudge. <laughs> um, what was the most exciting play? One of the most exciting plays was the stolen base. When you saw Ricky Henderson on base, we were all anticipating. For the, for the older gentleman in, 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 in who was listening, Murray Wills with the Dodgers mm. in the 60s. Lou Brock. Lou Brock in the, in the 60s. But mm. the suit said, oh, no, the yards against the stolen base is no good, so we have to eliminate it. With the way the, um, the shifts are, are, are playing, you, you send a guy to stone, stone, for a stolen base, also he's going he's gonna to make it. You know, Howard Reynolds on MLB Tonight was ranting and raving because um, Longoria was playing second base because of a ship, and he had to turn a double play, which, of course, he didn't. It's not, it's not the old baseball was exciting plays, was the play to plate, was going to second base, was going for a bunt, was going for stolen base. They basically eliminated all that and say, no, you have to hit home runs, and that's it, or, or strikeouts. This is why the game is, is declining because of the stuff that the commissioner did. Well, you're right to an extent, Bruce, and thanks for the phone call. And, and that's because, Gordon, they feel that that's what changes the game because, to quote a couple of Atlanta pitchers about, oh, 20 years ago, chicks dig the long ball. And so it's about having home runs. It's about scoring runs. That's what they feel brings eyes to the tube to watch baseball. Yeah, and look, I think some of it, uh, the the getting away from the stolen base, I think that that is not necessarily the suits or, or, or the or, or the commissioner. It's just kind of how the game has developed. But, I mean, look, some of the decisions, we've kind of gone over them that is, Rob Manfred has made about the, the sport. It doesn't seem like it's someone who has uh, a real good feel for what actually appeals to the baseball fan. You mean like yeah. the runner on second and – Oh, my God, that stupid thing. <laughs> Seven on. inning double headers. And, yeah. I mean, it's like the most it, – it's like – it's like Let's keep it moving. The person who's running the sport is the guy who ran the rock and jock basketball game on MTV <laughs> back in the – well, let's have a 25-point uh, shot. Well, you know what? In the ninth inning now, we're going to bring in a, a red, white, and blue ball, and if you hit that for a home run, it's worth three, even if nobody's on – I mean, these are the type of things that are not that far off. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Who would have thought that the Met game and the Rangers game would have the same score? <laughs> there you go. How about promo code Gordon on that? No, I, I don't think I would have put any money down on that one. <laughs> wow, that was a, a, a scoring explosion from yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I, where, were, where were all these goals earlier on in the season when it seemed like every game they were losing in the third period, every game they were losing by a goal? Where was listen, all this offense? Listen, they need to hold on to them. They may need some down the stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that. They, they need don't to carry over like them. that. Even I know that about hockey. They don't carry <laughs> over like that, unfortunately. It would be nice if they did, though. That's yeah. for sure. But unfortunately, you're right. They don't. Also, the Islanders win and the Devils lose. All right, Gordon. It's that time. We're doing our advancement now to the 70s and also the 80s. Who's going and who's, who's headed possibly to the final? Yes, okay, so this is the way it's going to work because uh, obviously, uh, and news to Gonzaga, the Final Four is now over. The NCAA tournament is now over, and that game uh, was over very quickly last night. So we got to yeah. get a move on here because we are not even down to the Final Four. So what we'll do tonight, regional finals, 
in the 70s and 80s tonight. Tomorrow, regional finals in the 90s and the 2000s and beyond. So we'll have our final four going into Thursday show. Nice. We'll throw the all four of the, the last four left, and we will you'll pick the winner out of that four. We're not going to do two and two and then another. No, we've got to get this wrapped up here and find the winner in the TV theme throwdown. So tonight, let's get right to it. It is the 70s. It is the 80s. And, of course, let's start in the 70s. That one is held up pretty well. The regional final tonight will be against the number one seed, which is, of course, where we're moving on now. Very strong. The selection committee was doing their work. Right off the bat, the number one seed jumped off the page as the Jeffersons. And they are hoping to move on up to the final four. Tonight, they will be going up against the number three seed, which I got to be honest, is a little surprising that they are still around. The number three seed in the 1970s region is. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Hey. Fonz. They have not jumped the shark as of yet. We'll see if it happens tonight. So that's the regional final in the 1970s. Now we move on to the 1980s where the number one seed there is also still alive. But tonight, I would say they get their toughest challenge yet in a stacked region. The number one seed in the 1980s, of course, is... Making your way... All right, there you go. Cheers, of course, the number one seed. I don't know how this is going to go. I know how it should go. But will they be able to survive and advance the number seven seed looking to pull another upset? The number seven seed is. If you can find them. Boom, the A-team. Oh, what two regional finals those are. Very nice. Cheers, the A-Team, the Jeffersons, Happy Days, voting now open on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Larry has retweeted it. The station account will retweet. Vote now, vote early, vote often. These are for spots in the final four. We'll see how it goes tomorrow night when we'll do the regional finals for the 90s as well as the 2000s and beyond, Larry. I'm very interested to see how those go. This has been pretty much, well, seven is a little, other than the seven seed, this has been pretty much chalk. It ha- but you know what, though? I think that that's a congratulations to the selection committee and the process that we put in place because, yes. you know, especially the 70s and the 80s, there's a yeah. lot of ones it's that you could have went with there. Oh but God, I think that so over, the, the, the main thing that I thought we were trying to do was let's get the top three seeds right. Let's mm-hmm. make sure we get those top three seeds right. And then we can kind of... You know, we can kind of argue about who's the rest of the seeds, but you got if you get the number one seed wrong and it's out in the first or second round, that doesn't look good. No. So we've no. gotten that essentially right. We got two number one seeds still around tonight, so we'll see if they can uh, survive and advance it tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Once again, you can vote right now at Gordon Damer at Hardesty ESPN. I have retweeted it for you, so you can follow me. And of course, uh, Snake and the Good Vibes will put it up on the station account at. 987 ESPN underscore, you know what it is. 
and you guys will they will put it up there, and uh, you know we'll get it going. So make sure you vote, 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 vote. And vote. I will say, yesterday the results mm-hmm. from yesterday were, I think, our highest vote total so far. Really, and that was for the um, the two thousands and beyond. Mm-hmm. The number four seed, Game of Thrones, ousted by The Office. Really? Yeah, The Office is moving on. I mean, The Office, which, I mean, is not a good theme song. We've pointed this out time and time again. And and yet, even after the embarrassment people should have felt after Hawaii 5.0 got knocked out by The Office, I mean, it's not Hawaii 5.0, but Game of Thrones is an excellent theme song yes, and so much better than The Office. Yeah. But yet those those dweebs who vote for the office, they they uh, they powered it through. So we'll have to see how things go tonight. I tell you, the office may never go out of syndication with, with a following like that. They, the office will be it's, it's like they tell you somewhere in the, in the world. I love Lucy is playing right. at some point in time. Yes. the office may be with that type of support. The office may be in that ilk. Well, look, I would just say, if The Office is such a great theme song, why was it not on the top 40? I mean, like, some of these, th- the, some of these songs that we've put in here were, like, won Grammys, were on the, the top 40 charts. Nobody's listening in their car to the, the theme song. I was driving around today, and I heard the Laverne and Shirley theme song. No way. The cha- Absolutely. Wow. And that's a great theme song. It's not, I mean, it's clearly uh, the fact that The Office is still around. Oh, my Lord. This is... <laughs> It's turning out to be. If this thing wins, I will I will disavow all knowledge of this project. You're a hater. No, it's not a good theme song. It's just being honest. It's just being honest. And and listen. Nobody Gordon, can Gordon is honest and he brings people together. I do. I bring people together except those dweebs who uh, like the office that much. I mean, this is this is outrageous. You're a hater. It's outrageous. I mean, just play the theme songs. Anyone with ears. Vincent Van Gogh would say, you know what? Out of the good ear, I can tell that that one is not one of the better. That's not a great theme. That's as generic as it comes. That's like some kid in his piano recital playing this. (laughs) Bad job. I don't know how it's still in there. Oh, how is it still in there? Do we still have Hawaii (laughs) 5.0? I don't know. I I still don't know. It's got to be still in the computer someplace. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. If anything, I'll I'll bring it up on my computer and enjoy it at home. Oh, (laughs) come on. Action. Beautiful locales. Drama. Car chases. Ah. I mean, how, how did, that gets that just gets you your that's like coffee for your ears. You know what I mean? Oh, like man. horns, real music, Gordon. real music, real right? Horns, Not some drums, some kid real... banging away at the piano. <laughs> Come on, this is terrible. Gordon's in a good mood because the oh. Yankees won seven two tonight, and one of the reasons Garrett Cole he was outstanding. Here's what he had to say about his professional performance tonight. I thought that we played good. I thought Jay made a great play in the first to kind of, you know, cut the momentum down there. I mean, one probably doesn't kill us, but, you know, it was nice to get out of there unscathed, a bit fortunate. And then I thought that we just um, kept him off balance and uh, made a lot of good pitches, um, you know, came in the zone. I think sometimes when they weren't expecting and, um, you know, got him to, got him to chase off of, um, you know, you know, good pitches, but, you know, back to back. Well, Gordon, you've got another pitcher starting tomorrow who I know you're curious to see what he brings to the 
to the table, and that's Tyon. And yeah. uh, Gary Cole is talking about the young man taking the mound tomorrow. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be special, um, you know. Uh, but I think um, I think we'll you know put the emotions aside and just try to get after the Orioles first, and uh, hopefully have a bourbon or two on the plane if uh, if it's a good day, and maybe three or four if it's a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Hmm. Well, look, uh, Tyon. For me, I, I think that the, the 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 scouting report is the stuff is there, right? Like yes, he, yes. he's healthy. He's he's a, he's the real deal. And the fact that it seems like uh, that Cole is one of the guys. Not that they're you know taking his advice on what trades to make, <laughs> but the fact that he came so highly recommended from Garrett Cole, I think probably helped in his his favor. It's not really about whether or not he can do it when he's on the mound. It's just whether or not he's going to stay on the mound. Yeah. That's, you know, health has been yeah. an issue and, and tying him up with um, with uh, with Corey Kluber. You know, that's two big questions that you have in your rotation. So it'll be good to see him. Let's see what he's got. And, you know, going up against the Orioles, <laughs> it should be, uh, you know, th- there's not many automatics in life, but the Yankees against the Orioles are, are generally one of them. So we'll see if they uh, can keep it going tomorrow. I'm sure they'll be able to. And listen, Aaron Boone in a really good mood tonight. You know how I know? Because he was asked, has he ever faced Garrett Cole? <laughs> um, I, I did face him last year in quarantine <laughs> uh, when, when, when he was throwing. He threw live here one day, and PJ and I took some live at-bats against him, actually. Did you get a hit? <laughs> no. <laughs> you kidding me? I'm f- <laughs> I'm, I was 47 at the time, and that's Garrett Cole out there, so. I, I think I fouled a couple off on him a couple times. So that was kind of like kind of like a, a win. <laughs> yeah. I guess Sanchez was catching if he fouled a couple off. <laughs> because you saw what happened tonight with with uh, Higgy catching them. Zeros. Domination. Well, no, starting, I mean, the I'm first thing, he had to have a pass ball. So that, uh, you know, that gave the, the Orioles a little bit of hope. And then mm-hmm. uh, Jay Bruce came in and, and threw out the runner at the at the plate. So uh, and then a couple of home runs and a few runs. It, it just feels it's nice to have the Orioles on. Uh, hopefully, Early. Peter Angelos <laughs> never sells that team. God bless that. He should have a plaque out in Monument Park because that team is a nightmare. Not for you. No, it's great for us. It's fantastic for the Yankees. Not for you. I don't know how Peter Rosenberg talks about being an Orioles fan on, on the K show. I really don't. I would have I would have I would have given up honestly, oh. call me a fraud. I would have given up my fandom. I would that, not tell anybody I was an Orioles fan. That is like go I, and look, I understand about rooting for bad organization. I get it. I'm a Nick fan. I, I'm a I'm a, a Dolphin fan. They never won anything for me. But it's like going to I mean, they're putrid. They are beyond bad. Yes. And it's like it's go- like going to the restaurant and forget about them not cooking the food. or, or It's like them spitting in your face. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're terrible. Every year. Oh, Every terrible. Year. Gordon, it was, it's, think of, because we're both Nick fans, right? Think of the past couple of years when they had win totals that begins with a one. Yeah. Think about that every single year. Like going into the season, you know that's what's going to happen again this year. And that's the way it's been for the Orioles. I mean, they haven't been good since Messina left. It's been a, it's been a long time. I mean, they, and, and it's not even like they're trying to win. I know. I mean, I know. they've been, you know, the, um, the, the Astros, when they tanked, or the Cubs, when they tanked, you know, they tanked for, for a year or two or, or three. 
I mean, the, Ori- the Orioles have not had – I mean, they had a winning record in 2016. They have lost uh, – uh, the last two full seasons, they've lost 108 and 115 games. And they're not tanking. No. They're just look, bad. They, they started out the season well. I mean, I think they swept the, the Red Sox, but you know that they're not very good. No. Mm-mm. No. The real Orioles will always show up, and they always show up at Yankee Stadium, don't they? They always show up, whether God the Yankees come to them or, or you go to – when they come to you or you go to them. Love Camden it's Yards. Like, Fantastic. It's like Since that place check. opened, the Yankees love Camden Yards. I know. Serious, serious check. We, we got the serious. Baltimore's coming? Check. We're good. Having the number two pick in the draft, um, I think it's safe to say that, you know, if our pick was a little later, we wouldn't have be having this discussion right now. Um, we'd fully be comfortable uh, moving forward with Sam. I think uh, there are a lot of discussions that led to this uh, decision. Um, a lot of different rabbit holes that we went down. A lot of productive talks um, with Coach, with with Mike, with uh, with Woody and Christopher. Um, that that led to this this decision, and uh, ultimately we felt like this was a decision that was best uh, for for all parties. Hardesty and Damer on ESPN New York tonight. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. That was New York Jets general manager Joe Douglas explaining the biggest trade of his two-year tender, the decision tenure, the decision to deal Sam Darnold, based largely on two factors, and you heard them: the draft and finances, and. Gordon, um, we all agree that it was the right move. The question is going to be now, uh, you know, what does he do with the draft in the draft? Other, I, We know what he's going to do with the number two pick, but what is he going to do elsewhere in the draft? Well, I, I think it's pretty clear that no matter how you feel about Sam Darnold and moving from him, the Jets cannot make the same mistakes a second time. So they have to go out and, and use these picks to not only build the offensive line, find weapons on offense to surround the quarterback as soon as he gets here with more than enough options to be successful in this offense right away. It can't be the type of thing, well, you know, we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll find this. It has to be a focus on surrounding the quarterback, not just getting the quarterback and getting the quarterback right. It's about surrounding him with as much talent on that side of the ball as possible and hoping that Robert Sala, because he's the defensive guy, that he can find a piece here or there to kind of boost this defense up and make it more respectable, at least in the early going. But the focus, I think, has to be on finding as many offensive weapons in this draft because it's a very good draft for receivers, and it seems like for running backs, and the Jets have tons of picks. Now, Darnold, of course, as you know, was scheduled to count $9.8 million in the final year of his rookie contract. Jets could have exercised his fifth-year option for 2022, but the cost would have been $18.9 million. So Douglas said all options were Sam were considered before they decided to trade him. There was even discussion about us uh, taking a quarterback at uh, pick number two and having Sam uh, here for, for the season. And ultimately, we felt that that wouldn't be the best situation for for Sam, the rookie quarterback, um, Coach Sala and his staff in the locker room. We felt like this was the best decision for the for the entire organization moving forward um, and, and hitting the reset button. Now, I don't want to speculate who came up with that idea, <laughs> but thank goodness Joe Douglas did some good persuading to make sure that that didn't happen. Can you imagine? 
you keep Sam and you oh. draft a quarterback. Oh. And then and then you, you 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 sit there and you say, okay, start the clock now on Sam being benched. Game one, oh, two interceptions. He's done. He's I done. Mean, and then you can't trade him, Gordon. Then oh. you can't move him. Oh, that would have been that would have been the worst. <laughs> Out of all the bad moves the Jets have had here, I think that would have been even worse than hiring Gase. Yeah, you're right. That might have been because right. just on its face, like Gase at least had some success someplace else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great success, but he had some success someplace else. That move would have been doomed from the start. Yeah, yeah. You you just don't do that. You, no, you, of course you don't not. Do that. And I got to be honest with you, I'm 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 a little disappointed that Joe let that out of the bag. <laughs> if I'm a Jet fan, I really didn't want to know that that was actually a consideration. Yeah, I really didn't I think want it's to one know. of those ones. Yeah, we, yeah. We we uh, we looked through all the different scenarios and we weighed them and we yeah. Okay, sure. I think that he probably. <laughs> It's like uh, when your your kid asks you to buy an airplane. You know, yeah. Let me think about it. Nah, I don't think we're gonna do that. So, <laughs> you're right. That's for sure. Joe, you happy with the number of picks you got? So as we're sitting here now, we have a lot of opportunity in front of us. Uh, Twenty one picks in the next two drafts, including ten the first three rounds. Um, but with that opportunity, we know we have to make uh, make the most of it and uh, hit on these picks. Okay, let's try to pin him against the wall, Gordon. Are you taking the quarterback at two, or are you open to trading down? I think that's a fair assessment to, to say, Rich. I think based on, on uh, the decision we made yesterday, um, you can kind of see the, the direction we're heading. Um, when it comes to pick two, uh, obviously never say never. Um, you know, like, like I've said to you guys in the past, I'll always answer the phone if it's ringing. Well... <laughs> I'm sure it'll be ringing, uh, but I don't think he'll answer it as far as moving down from two right now. Yeah, it's not going to ring because everybody knows he's not moving the pick. That's right. Right? I mean, the Niners didn't call for that reason. So yep. That's for sure. That's for going, sure. It's going to be Zach Wilson. And now, you know, you have all these other picks where they should have the opportunity. This is – Joe Douglas has proven, at least I think so far, that he does pretty well on trades. This is the draft he has to show that he can do right. pretty well in the draft. Because last year he nailed the first pick, but it's, you know, it's one year. It's a strange year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receiver was hurt a lot, so he didn't really – the offense was terrible. The coaching was terrible. So kind of tough to judge the draft off of one year. But he's got to really start nailing some of these picks. And at least the good news is the bar from the previous two GMs, he can, I will say this, he cannot do worse than the last two guys. If they had, if they had kept Sam – you you you'd have to say that you'd have to change it. If they had kept Sam and then drafted a quarterback, you'd have to have changed it. <laughs> it's just amazing to me. It, 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 it's amazing that these are the two. I mean, back to back. I know these are the two guys that were running the show, and they were disasters in the draft. I know, I know. It's bad. It really is. Booters in the Bronx. Hey, Booter, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey, what's going on, people? How you doing tonight? Right, what's going on? Hey, pretty good. Uh, you know, I've just been kind of busy the last couple of days. I miss you guys a couple of days. I hope everybody's well. Um, you know, prayers go out to DMX. It's not really looking too good. No, um, when you see all of the races and ages of people that were in front of that white place hospital, you know, you, you kind of realize how much music touches people. You know, um, just, you know, feel real bad for that brother, man. You know, a lot of us, all of us who are perfect, you know, we call in and we're judgmental about things like that, but 
you know, substance abuse, that thing reaches every race, every culture. Yep. And, um, you know, just hope that that brother pulls through, man. It's just not really looking so good right now. Here, here. But, um, listen, my brother Bruce, my brother from another mother, not only do the rule changes hurt baseball, you know, but the fact that you got, I mean, there's times, bro, like, listen, there's three pitches in one inning. <laughs> I mean that that was in itself sometimes make the game hard to watch. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean I don't even think sports, but baseball and football is. It, it, I don't even know if it's if you if you're over forty five, this stuff is hard to watch, man. You know, like you watch yeah. people the the receivers running, somebody blows a kiss on them. <laughs> it's a pass interference. I mean, they just took these games and sports to a whole different place. Um. It's very difficult to watch if you saw it the way it was before, especially the speed of the game. You know, when you look at the 70s in baseball, as opposed to what you're seeing now, it's just, you know, talking about Ricky Henderson. I mean, it's just, it's just wild, man. You want to get, it's like feast of famine. You don't hit eight home runs. You don't have a chance to win. Now it's, it's very frustrating, man. You know, especially, you know, for us guys who are a little long of the tooth, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a difference. Oh my goodness! Um, did you guys see that video of Sam Donald with his family celebrating? Yeah, celebrating. He's, well, I'm ha- I'm He's like escaped from Alcatraz hat. there, you know. I'm out. I'm outie. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> I'm free. Oh well, the, look, that's well. the one I thing do. that people who wanted Sam to stay here missed. Like that was the. It's clearly like that was the best thing for him to get out of here mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I spoke about that with you guys, and at last I spoke about you that, that for a couple of years. Yes. You know, if you were his family and you were his agent, why in the hell would you want him to be in? I mean, come on. Listen, Teflon Joe Douglas, you guys know how I feel. It's, it, it's not that, uh, you know, I don't think that he could turn into a good GM, but this anointing, you know, um, like I need to see it first. I'm like St. Louis. You got to show me. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw last year, I was very disappointed, not only in the draft. I mean, the draft was average to below average, but as we discussed, the free agency was nothing to write home to the folks about. In my humble opinion, it still hasn't been, which is not necessarily all his fault because I'm telling you, the stuff that, when you hear the certain things that fans were talking about, and I was listening, like Michael K. I called him the other day, and there were some fans, you know, it was a guy who was a season ticket holder, older gentleman, and he said something that was very profound. He was like, you know, I'm getting older, and every three years there's a new regime, there's a new coach, there's a new GM. He's like, how can you win like that? Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, that was the reason that I wanted them to go after, and nothing against Caesar Salah. I don't think that he's going to be a bad coach. But I wanted them to go after an established Super Bowl-winning veteran coach, i.e. Bill Cowher or Tony Dungy. You know, you, you, you flood them with money where, you, where it makes it you know, impossible for them to stay on television for the simple fact that their credibility would buy them more time than a younger coach with the media and also with the fans. And then also they would have that network of coaches that would be able to have an A-list free agent come in. You know, it's hard to build your team with B-listers and draft players. But let's see what happens. I mean, you know, what do I know? You know what I mean? Well, we'll find out, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good hearing from you. We'll find out because, listen, he's got a hit on this draft. 
Gordon, this is his he's got to hit on this draft. All the all these picks he's got, he cannot afford to be John Idzik 2.0. No, oh my god. I mean, it would almost be impossible. I mean, he could throw darts at a board and and just pick the player. You know, like the the, the talk shows sometimes have the, the Super Bowl and they have the dog and they put the bowl with two you know yeah, bowls yeah. of food and they pick yep. the Super Bowl. He could pick players that way and he would do better than Idzik and, and McCagnan. So, but I think that the main thing that you have to say is that while it's important for him to hit other picks, he's got to be right on Wilson. Got to be right. If he's wrong on Wilson. He's going to be fired. Yep. He won't be. There'll be another change. As much as it's, <laughs> you know, I, I, Sam's just out the door. He's just – He's got to be right on Wilson. That's, That's just the way it goes. You generally don't – if you have a quarterback that high up and you blow it, mm-hmm. look at what You're happened done. in Chicago. They're still holding on to – I mean, that was clearly a mistake. And I would just disagree with the, the one point of uh, you have to have patience and, you know, every three years you're changing this and you're changing the coach, you're changing the GM. I don't know what the issue has been overall with the Jets over the last basically 15 years, but patience has not been the – like giving the people that they had running the show more time was not going to fix it. No. John Idzik did not need more time. McCagnan no. did not need more. <laughs> Adam Gase did not need another second. So no. patience has not been the issue. He needed less time, actually. <laughs> he needed zero time. He needed to go back in time. He needed the DeLorean to go back in time. The he flux did. capacitor. Exactly. That's what he needed. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.